0: Good morning, Orchardville. Good morning. There we go. Amen. Good to see everybody today. Man, the great weather outside is awesome. You got to love that. Hope you have plans for this afternoon because it's going to be a beautiful day. This morning, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Daniel 3.23. Daniel 3.23. It's in the Old Testament. If you go to... Psalms and Proverbs, which is basically right in the middle of your Bible. It's kind of easy to find. Well, then turn to your right, and you'll find Daniel. It's the last of the major prophets of the Old Testament. Daniel 3.23. And we'll see how Daniel took a stand. And, you know, it's no different in the spiritual realm than it is in the natural realm. You know if on Saturday mornings we've been taking Ori to Ren Lake. They have a body bodybuilding exercise. Ori where are you at? Right here. Right here. Stand stand up and show, go like go like. Right there boys. Right there. <laughs> we've been taking him down there and uh, he's getting stronger and he's getting more stamina. Stamina in his body, and it's no different in the spirit realm. Now, right now, probably what he can lift is probably limited, but as he goes on, he'll he'll be stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's the same way with us spiritually. If we will follow God in the small things and be dedicated to the small things, and we'll stand up for the small things, the odds of us standing up for the major things, the big things, is far greater. If we won't stand up for the small things, we'll never stand up for the big things. Now, I hear people say all the time, you know, I invite them to church, and of course, one of their, uh, one of their responses is, well, I don't have to go to church to serve God. And of course, you don't. But it is a commandment for us to keep the Sabbath holy. We know that. I've mentioned that several times. But it is the beginning of a decline. I have been there. How many of you ever lay down at church for two or three weeks? One person. Gail? Gail's the only one. All right, she's the only honest one here. No, we have. I mean, most of us have laid out a church for a week or two, and you know it's not good. And the reason it's not good is because it gets really easy to do. All of a sudden, you've got all these things. Well, I really need to do that on Sunday morning. But see, it's the beginning of a fall is what it is. So so it's very important for us to take these stands for God, the small things, so that we'll be able to stand for the major things. Daniel three I'll read that to you this morning, then we'll go backwards. And it says, but these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the midst of the furnace of a blazing fire, still tied up. So they were bound, other translation says that they were bound hand and feet, and they fell into the midst of a fire. Now, now, just to kind of bring you up to date on that, these young men were taken into captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar. They, he captured them and brought them in as prisoners. And one of the first temptations they had, and this is just the way the devil works, one of the first temptations that they had was to eat the best food that the king had and drink the best wine that the king had. Now, how many of you would say, get thee behind me, devil, if you had this big buffet put out before you? If you had the highest priced wine in the land put out before you? And the enemy comes and he says, look what I've, look what I've done for you. This will make you stronger. It'll make you wiser. You will be far above everyone else if you'll just partake of these choice food from the king. But see, that's where their temptation started. But these Hebrew children, these Jewish, Jewish young men, they said no. They would not partake in the choice meat and the food of the, of, uh, of the world. They wouldn't take it. Because they decided that they had determined in their heart that they was going to follow God. Now, see, and that's kind of the way the devil works. He'll take something that might not be all out bad. It might not be bad to everybody. It might not be bad under your friend's convictions. But under your convictions, you know it's not right. And he takes that and he'll tempt you with that. And he'll say, oh, come on, all your, all your friends are doing it. You know, they're, they're all your friends are doing it. You know, it's just one photo, or it's just one website, or it's just one lie. It's just one Saturday night. It's just one Friday night. You know, it's, it's just, you're just going to do it one time. That's what the devil t- tells to all of us. It's just one time. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to affect your walk with the Lord. But see, if we don't take those stands, when the really major stands come about, we won't stand up. You know, this is, a, uh, this is the anniversary of 9-11 when the, when the Muslim terrorists attacked the United States of America. And really what they was attacking, they was attacking our way of life. Your freedom to come here today was being attacked on 9-11. You know, your freedom to, get, to travel across the country without your credentials in your back pocket was, was attacked on 9-11. Our way of life is being attacked all the time. Our freedoms are being attacked all the time. Whenever prayer was taken out of school, all those years ago, nobody took a stand. Everybody was silent. They didn't take a stand. There was no national upcry, no uproar over taking prayer out of schools. Now, isn't that a shame that we wouldn't take a stand and there wouldn't be a national upcry? Now, just in, in the case you don't think that what we see important as a nation and having a national upcry, outcry is important, President Clinton, some of you will know this and some of you won't, President Clinton was impeached. President Clinton was impeached, but he never left office. You know why? Because there was no national outcry. He was impeached. But he never left office. Nothing ever changed because there was no national outcry. They changed, they took prayer out of school. Why? Because there was no national outcry. No one took a stand. No one took a stand. So all of these temptations come at us, just wanting us to lower our standards. Just wanting us to... Think, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's just a little prayer. I mean, after all, you know, we can pray in silence. We can, we can say quiet prayers. But it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Pastor Mark Schell preached a sermon on the deception of the gradual. I know a lot of you probably remember that sermon. Deception. Of the gradual. It's just like the frog that you put in a a pot of water and it's just swimming around. It's all happy and everything is fine. And you raise the temperature two degrees and the frog is happy and the frog is fine. You raise it two more degrees and the frog is happy. You raise it ten degrees and the frog don't know nothing. And then a few degrees more, the frog is dead. Because it didn't realize. It didn't jump out. It didn't take a stand. It didn't, it, it, it just let it happen. And That's where we are as a nation. We can't just let it happen. But see, I, I, in the natural realm, I understand why this happens. <clears throat> and I'm sure most of you do too. Because in the natural realm, we're not supposed to make no waves. We're not supposed to, you know, don't, don't upset the apple cart. You know, just leave things the way they are. We're tempted to do that all the time here at the church. We are constantly tempted to settle for mediocrity. We're always tempted to do that. We're always tempted, oh, well, it'll be okay. No, just let it go. It'll be all right. Just let it go. We're always tempted for mediocrity. But you know what? With, with this congregation, there's people in here that refuse to let that happen. And I really appreciate that. I really do. I, I appreciate that. I mean, my goodness, why in the world would the world have a better band than the kingdom of God? Why would that ever be? Why would the world have better schools than the kingdom of God? Why would, have, why would the world have better activities than the kingdom of God? Why would the world have better employees than the kingdom of God? It's about taking a stand. Taking a stand for for who we are as children of God. Taking a stand for what God has bought and paid for us. It's really about, it really almost comes down to having respect and honor for the cross. Having respect and honor for what Jesus Christ bought and paid for. The privileges that we have that were bought and paid for. But these Hebrew children, they took a stand and see, really... See, what happened? So the so the king come and he wanted them, they were the smartest, brightest, wisest, they showed the most potential. So, uh, so he prepared this the, the meals for them and he wanted them all to partake, but they refused to because it went against their vow that they had made to God. So Daniel, he went to the forces at B and said, Let's try something here. And basically, he told them, he said, you want us to be wise and strong and healthy? That's their main goal. And of course, that's what was their main goal. That was their main goal. And he said, Let, let's try our my diet. Let's try what God has shown us, what he has given us compared to what the world offers. And that's what God says today. God says that today. God just says, hey, try what I have. Try my plan. Try my method. Try, try this. And the world says, don't try that. Try this. And we can see where the world gets us, can't we? We can see that. So Daniel, he went to him and he told him, he said, he don't want to do that. He wants to stay and follow God. And he was really taking a great chance there because think about this. You know, a lot of times we, don't, we kind of miss this part. He was a, he was a prisoner of war. You know, they was, they was important to Nebuchadnezzar because they were great men for the Jewish nation. And now King Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to be great men uh, for, for him. But he was taking a great chance going to the powers that be and arguing about the things that, uh, that they wanted him to do. So it wasn't something simple. And it's just like with us. The decisions we make, whether big or small, when it comes time to stand for the Lord, they won't be easy to do. There will be things that are uncomfortable for us to stand. A lot of things. But you know what? I'll tell you what. If there's anything that you can see throughout the Bible, that God is far more concerned about our character than he is our comfort. He's far more concerned. I'll share something else with you. This is just kind of off the cuff. Sometimes off the cuff gets me in trouble, but that's, it's true anyway. I think God calls many people to do many things. But their character won't support them. See, you can only go so as, as far as your character with God will take you. Because what happens is God leads you, all's good. God leads you, all's good. God leads you, all's good. And then all of a sudden, you're, if your character situation comes up and you take a nosedive. If we will take a stand, it will help us. It will help our character. And I'm not talking about standing on the inside and being, and having no character on the, or standing on the outside and having no character in, on the inside. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you take a stand out there in public and you're bold about it and you know what you're standing for. You know what the Word of God says, and you know the attacks that are come against it, and you know if you will take a stand on the outside, it will help you stand on the inside. It goes both ways. Either one can destroy you. Either one. You can die on the inside spiritually, and you can also die on the outside physically. Either one will mess you up. Now, here, here's a good thing uh, from Daniel also. Daniel, his commitment to stay hooked up with God and, to, and stay away from the world or Nebuchadnezzar's ideas, his commitment rubbed off on his friends. And you know, that same thing will happen to you. We've seen it here in the last few weeks on the front row. We see it here, here now that the commitment of one man rubs off on other people. Find people you can rub off on. Find people that need you in their life. Find people to talk to that don't know the things that you know. See, that's what it's all about. Reach, teach, and serve. That's what it's all about. Nebuchadnezzar, he was arrogant, prideful. And we can see this. He made, he built a statue of himself 90 feet tall, lined with gold. 90 feet tall. Think about that. Higher than this ceiling. Far higher than this ceiling. Higher than this ceiling. And he, and he told the whole nation, whenever they play the music, everybody bow down and worship. My image is what he told them. So here the Hebrew children are that said no to the first temptation, which was the best food, the best wine, and the good things from the king's table. They took a stand there. So now, when they are tempted with a greater sin, something more devious Something that will eat at their heart even more. Something that will remove them from God even further than just maybe a taste of food or something. Instead of bowing down to that 90-foot statue, they didn't bow down. They stood their ground. And I'm here to tell you, if they would have ate that food, if they would have gave in to the little temptation, if they would have gave in to it, they would have bowed down and worshipped the golden image. The deception of the gradual. The enemy, if I can just get prayer out of school. If I can just get prayer out of school, and if I can just get those Christians to keep their mouth shut. If I can just, you know, if I can just make it hard on the Christians and, and, and make them think that every time they, they step out for God that that's, it's going to hurt them, if I can just convince them to keep their mouth shut. And But you know what? Here's the thing. When we take a stand, that is when God shows up. When you take a stand for godly principles and the things of God, that's when he shows up with his power. That's when he shows up with his anointing. That, see, see, whenever you take a stand for God and you have an opportunity to speak with grace, you know, we don't want to be arrogant and, and, and braggadocious and stuff. But when we have the opportunity to speak for God, that's when our words can pierce hearts. That's when our words can can minister to people and go in people's hearts and go into situations and change things. All because we took a stand for God. All because we followed him and trusted in him. Oh, the temptations of the world. You all remember the story about the prodigal son. He followed the world, didn't he? And ended up slopping with the hogs, didn't he? You know, the devil would love for us to slop with the hogs. You know, whenever Christians slop with the hogs and eat with the hogs, that's the, that's how, uh, that's kind of like the, the devil sees that as bowing down to him. Right. Worshiping the devil when we slop and get down there in the mar. And, and we don't stand up for what we know we should stand up for. And we just go along with our friends and we just go along with the world. And, and we just, oh, okay, yeah, here, well, here we go. Well, everybody's doing it. That's just what we're going to do. But no, see, when we take a stand, that's when God gets the Glory. That's when he comes upon the scene and he strengthens us. So the king learned that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had refused to bow down. They wasn't going to do it. They refused to. They was going to take their stand. They wasn't going to follow the world. They wasn't going to do what the king wanted them to do. Now, isn't that interesting that that we don't have a king here in the United States. I don't think, do we? No, no, we don't. We don't have a king here in the United States. But still, sometimes we are even asked to do things from our government that goes against the word of God. I, I read this week, where was that at? Is that in, I'm not sure exactly what state it was, uh, out east, they, there's a bill out right now, out east. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it might have been Rhode Island. But anyway, just a little old dinky state out there. Anyway, they're trying to pass a law that counselors and ministers cannot influence or talk about whether a child is male or female during through counseling sessions. You can't talk about that. So... <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, my, my goodness. You know what You know what? amazes me? Uh, I'm a little slow sometimes, but I realized the other day, you know, the same people that are pushing all of this, they don't know who they are. The same people that are pushing, they don't know if it's a boy or girl. The same people that are pushing that are the same ones that says, look at all the scientific evidence that the Bible is false, which there is none. So they say, look at all the scientific evidence. Look at the science, they say. Well, there's not much more defining science than the difference between a woman and a man. That's pretty much scientific, don't you think? Yeah. You don't have to have a scientific degree. The doctor, when that baby comes out, it's pretty much determined right then. <laughs> right? The reason I told you that is that America is be, still being attacked. We are still being attacked today. Are you kidding me that if someone if uh, ha- hey young people I'm going to say something it's not don't take it personal. When we are young, we are confused. Can any parent agree with that? We were. We didn't didn't know about any. We we wanted to experiment with everything. We were confused. We didn't know who we we were. We just, you know, we see stuff on TV and the radios and the songs and the the music. And and we don't know. We don't understand. That's why I've, I've always thought. You know, one of the most unfair things, and we know life will never be fair, but an unfair thing is to ask like a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? <laughs> Are you kidding? They don't know if their car has gas in it or not. <laughs> they don't have a clue. But it's not it's not just you guys. We were all that way. All of us. We were all a mess. It's not just you guys. It just goes with the, that young mindset. But America is still being attacked. And right now, they're trying to tell pastors of a church what you can t- talk about and what biblical principles you can talk about. Now, see, what they call that is freedom from religion. And believe it or not, we're losing that. We're losing that in the world today. I got to get along. Here we go. Daniel 3, if you got your Bibles there. We'll read verse 23. We'll read a ways. And it says, but these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire still tied up. And then Nebuchadnezzar the king astounded and stood up in haste and responded and said to his high officials, was it not three men that were cast bound into the midst of the fire? You know, see that, see that when we take a stand, that's what our enemy asks about us. They think that, that they get to ask and, whoa, I thought, I didn't think, I didn't think they knew how to talk. I didn't think they knew anything. But when we take a stand, all of a sudden, we know what to say. We have the comments that we need. We have the wisdom of God. We have the knowledge of God, all because we took a stand. God shows up when we take a stand. We sit here. He says, was there not just three men cast and bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said yes to the king. Certainly, O king, of course there was just three. We know that. Verse 25, and he answered and said, look, I see four men loose and walking around. When you stand up for the principles of God, you'll never be more free than when you stand up for God. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You want to get free? you got bondage in your life. You want to get free? You start standing up. You start standing up to who you are and what God's called you to be and who the Bible says you are and you'll be free. Sometimes you got to speak it before you see it. My goodness, you you can't wait till you see it before you speak it. That's the opposite of faith. Faith is, is things that we don't see yet. Faith is speaking the word of God and believing the word of God before we see it. See, it don't take any faith to to speak it after you see it. Like, it wouldn't take no faith for me to walk in and say, boy, this is a nice church. That wouldn't take any faith. I'll tell you what took faith is when when, uh, this congregation, Pastor Mark and Kay, was in that small building over there, and they had 100 people, and they said, let's go there and build a a sanctuary that'll seat 500 people. Now, that took faith because they didn't see it yet. But you know what they did? They got the vision from God and then they spoke it with their mouth. And because they spoke it, it grew and it grew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 25, and he entered and said, look, I see four men loose and walking around in the midst of the fire without harm. I'll say it again, without harm. Notice this, and the appearance of the fourth is like the son of God's. Now see, they didn't understand the God of the Egyptians. They didn't understand, not the Egyptians, of the Israelites. They didn't understand the God of the Jewish nation, the God that we serve. They just knew that that fourth one was like nobody they'd ever seen before. That's what they knew. In the same way, when you stand up for God, the people around you, they'll shake their head and they won't understand because all of a sudden, you're not acting on your own. All of a sudden, you've got the anointing and power of God standing with you. Glory to God. Praise you, Father. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you this morning. Father, I just thank you that you are calling this church to do more. You are calling us to stand stronger. You are calling us to speak louder. You are calling us to proclaim farther. You are calling us to go farther into the world and take a stand for you. Now, let me just tell you, this is not for the faint of hearts. Now, I'm serious. This is not for the faint of hearts. We live in a fallen world. God has called us to be light in that fallen world. And that re- literally means that when God calls you to stand, the entire world, except believers, will be against you. It's not for the faint of heart. When God calls us to stand, oh, <laughs> Oh, it just opens the door for his power and love and mercy to enter in. When we take a stand for God, it allows his blessings and his will to come into your life and affect those people around you. You know, the end of this story, and I think it's true in our day, even now, when these young Hebrew children, young men when they took a stand for God, and God delivered them from that fiery furnace, you know what King Nebuchadnezzar did? He became a believer. And you know what he he did? He put out a decree to destroy all other graven images. He put out a decree that nobody in the whole kingdom would ever serve any other God than the God of these Hebrew children. That's right. When we take a stand, God shows up when we take a stand. Mm, But we got to take a stand. Glory to your name, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Like I said earlier, this is the anniversary of 15 years ago today this nation changed it was a wake up call and cries went out for months everywhere oh we'll never forget and churches was full for the first time in, in years and years and years the church attendance was way up and people was flocking to the church but if I'd miss my guess The reason it didn't last very long, in fact, in fact, they said it took less than 12 months for the people that come, for them to go ahead and go again and everything to get back to normal. But sometimes I think that the reason that they didn't stay is because they might come into church and I think, well, they're no different than I am. Let me tell you, people, we have to be different than the world. We have, and I don't say that in arrogance and pompousness. I I don't say it like that. I stand before my God and I bow my head and I ask you to stand different and act different than the world. It's your only hope. You know, the scripture says love never fails. When we love people who are unlovely, it completely confuses the enemy. The enemy doesn't understand love. It makes no sense to him. But it makes sense to our God. And that's why he sent us Jesus. If you're here today and you've never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you that, that opportunity. If you don't know, if you died today, if you died right now, if you died later this afternoon, and you don't know if you just go to heaven or hell, I want you to solidify that today. Pastor Mark would always say, whoever, whosoever, whosoever. That's what, the, that's what the Bible says. Whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not the tall, not the short, Not the handsome not the highest IQ but it's whosoever whosoever will acknowledge that they've done wrong and acknowledge that they need a savior whosoever praise you Father. Uh, let's see in recognition of this 9-11 anniversary I'm going to ask you to come forward and we're going to pray for our nation and yeah, we want to pray for the presidential election coming, coming up. We want to pray from it all the way down. But specifically, what I'd like for you to pray for is your sphere in life. The ones around you. The ones you see at the convenience store every day. The ones you see at the restaurants every day. The ones you see at schools. The ones you see at work. I want you to pray for them. And if you will pray for them, and if we'll all pray for those around us, there will be a saturation of a very large area around this church. Please come. Please come. Everybody have somebody to pray for, please. Thank you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.